Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Hey everyone, this is an exciting day because we are talking about workflows and I get it. You may hear hear the term workflows and not think that they are very exciting, but trust me, if you aren't excited about them now, you will be, you'll be very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I did not use workflows early in my business. I understood Mm -hmm. what processes were the idea of having things that you do in a certain order. And yet I didn't build many of them in for the first couple of years. Gosh, the first three or four years, my reasoning in the beginning was, well, I can handle it all on my own. And I was under the impression that, well, I have a fair amount of time because I jumped full time. I was like, I can handle all of this. Mm -hmm. It was interesting is the more clients I got and the more money I made, I didn't seem to get any more time. And so it just got more clients, got more money, got more work and didn't set aside additional time to put together workflows or really build out my processes in a very intentional structured way. And so four years later, it was like, wow, well, I probably need to do this. And so you don't really know how important they are until you get to the point where you don't have enough time. And I won't say it's too late, but I certainly wish I would have done it earlier. So hopefully by explaining what workflows are, why they're important, how you can implement them in your business before it's too late or before you get to the point where you're really just trying to keep your head above water, um, we can help you avoid some of the mistakes that I made. Yeah. And you didn't go down to the time store and buy more time? I thought about it, but honestly, as a financial coach, I was too cheap. I don't know if anyone else in this group is that way starting out their business, man. I was like... Another if anyone is looking though, it's in the mall in between the Cinnabon and the hot dog on the stick. Just just in case you're yeah. Right around the corner from Hot Topic, where I used to get all my rad shirts. Exactly. Cool. (laughs) Time store. You would. Uh, So yeah. So where do you want to start? Well, just from a definition standpoint, what are workflows and Mm -hmm. how do they differ from overall processes? So let's start off with breaking things down into big categories, which is processes and the other thing, right? Yeah. Specifically processes and projects. A process is something that is ongoing. So it is never ending. Hmm. A project has a definitive beginning and a definitive end. Okay. So technically when we talk as financial coaches, when we talk about, our processes, yes, you absolutely have them. Hmm. But a lot of things are actually projects, right? They have, I bring a client on, I'm going to do this set of things with them, right? I have a three-month program or a six-month program. From the client's perspective, that's a project. And from your perspective, if you say that I have three clients at a time and I take them through that, you have a process because it's going to repeat again with a new set of clients. And then it's going to repeat again with a new set of clients. And then it's going to repeat again with a new set of clients. Right. 
And so when we're thinking about this, we really want to understand, is this something that's going to have a definitive beginning and an end? Right. Like, like I'm announcing my business to the world that has a definitive beginning and an end. Yeah. Right. Advertising oftentimes has definitive beginnings and an end. I'm going to do this campaign for New Year's. Processes are things that just continue to go on. It doesn't mean that they happen every day or even every month. You might have an annual New Year's campaign, in which case it turns into a process. Okay, so we've got those two defined. Workflows are a tool that can be used for either one. Hmm. Workflows tend to be used more for processes. And the reason why is because it doesn't make a lot of sense to set up a workflow that you're only going to use once. It's right. much better to manage it through project management tools and strategies. So then a workflow could be set up for a project, right? So if you have a three-month client, you could set up a workflow for the client project, but that project could actually be, you could have processes for that project. Let's say that you had a client that it's a one-off client where you are helping them with, I don't know, paying down their kid's pool debt. Something weird that would never happen again. The, the, right? the eight-year-old's a pool shark and got into right. some got into okay. some debt. And of course, now you're dealing with like mafia people that you know don't normally deal with. I'm coming yeah. up with a ridiculous example, obviously. But the that's a one-time thing. You're probably never going to deal with it again. You could set up a workflow for it, but it's unlikely to benefit you in the future. And so it might be much better to just handle that as a project where we sit down and we say, okay, what is the end result? What are the milestones? What are the individual tasks that we're going to have to get to the end that make up those milestones, et cetera, et cetera, right? Where do it, I plan it out, I get it done, and then move on. So while they can be used for both, and sometimes you'll see articles talking about using workflows for projects or something it's pretty inefficient. So that's why they're generally talked about with processes. The idea of a workflow is about standardizing a process with a specific series of steps and a specific series of if-then statements, if you will, right? So we come to a point where we say, okay, there's a decision point. The client either says yes or says no. If they say, yes, I do this. If they say, no, I do this. I kind of, the, the workflow splits into two. And then I go down one path versus the other, depending on which one it goes. Got it. The reason why workflows are really helpful is because even at their basic, most basic level, what they do is they allow you to be able to see two things. Number one, well, they allow you to see two things and do one thing. Number one, they allow you to see the overall, everything that's going to happen. And that makes it easier both when you're communicating with clients. Clients will sometimes say, so what do I get if I work with you? Most coaches will give a, oh, well, you're going to get this sense of freedom and you're going to get, you know, you're going to be able to pay off your debt and all this other stuff. And most of that is very ethereal, right? It's not something that people can actually think about putting their hands on. Yeah. Right. And even though it's ideally what they want, that space where they want to be, when they ask that question, in my experience, it is like, and how does that happen? What are the more tangible, right. less ethereal things that we're yeah. going to do? 
And a lot of people, this is my, my guess is many coaches listening to this have had this experience where clients were really, really excited. You, they said, well, tell me about what you're going to do for me. And they gave, you gave all those ethereal things, exactly what they want, exactly why they said they were going to come to you for. And then they ghost you or they put things off forever or they just flat out say, you know what? Now is not the right time. A big part of the reason why that happens, not the only reason, but a big part of that reason is because they couldn't justify, yes, I want that at the end, but if I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars, I want to understand how we're going to get there. Right. Right. And when you have a really well-defined process and when you turn that process into a visual workflow, it does a couple of things. Number one, it allows you to be able to more effectively communicate, not just to a prospect, what's going to happen over my coaching program, but to a client, what's going to happen next and prepare them for those next steps to be ready for, oh, okay, we're in this part of it now and this is what's going to happen. It also gives people something tangible to hold on to when you inevitably come to those places where the person asks you a question and your answer, the only responsible answer you can give is it depends. To a lot of people, that feels like a cop-out. If you instead say, well, it depends. Here's what it depends on. And if it's this, this is what we'd be looking at. If it's that, this is what we'd be looking at. Now it doesn't feel like a cop-out. It feels like you are customizing things exactly for them. And you know what's going to happen in either direction. And it, it makes both prospects and clients feel more comfortable. So it's really helpful to have that sort of bird's eye view, that overview of everything. The other thing that it shows you is it shows you what's coming next. So it's not just about communicating to the client. It shows you what's coming next so that you can better plan out the work with the client. You can better plan out the things that you need to talk about during this meeting, knowing what's coming up in future meetings. So you can better plan out your own time. So you can take vacations knowing these are the things that are coming up with all my clients. Yeah, taking a vacation during this week versus that week, one would be a horrible idea and the other one would be a good idea just based on the things that are coming up. A couple of things that come up for me is this is why having a niche is really important and helpful and an ideal client. Because in this situation where you talked about getting someone's kid who's a pool shark and got into debt, like that's kind of a weird one-off. And that is not going to be something that is going to be easy to build a process around or workflows around because it wouldn't really make sense. And so by working with a specific type of client, having your ideal client, you can build these processes in these workflows to the needs of that client. Yeah. If everything is a project, you are infinitely unscalable, right? (laughs) There is a finite amount of scaling that you can do when you are a coach because you only have so much time and then you have to hire other people, which is another part of scaling. But even that, they only have so much time, right? So there is this finite amount based on the number of people you have in your company of how much scaling you do, which can still be massive. Merrill Lynch is a huge company. On the other side, however, when you have everything being a project, like scalability is infinitely limited, right? You literally cannot scale because nothing builds on the last thing you did. Absolutely. And then the final thing that it does is it just makes your life easier. So you are able to actually do your work with less effort because you don't have to keep track of what we talked about last with the clients. If you have a structured program that's the same process, you have the same steps in between each meeting, the same meetings that happen, 
right? Everything is the same. You know where the client is. You can literally have your workflow laid out on a piece of paper, print off a copy of that paper for each client, put their name at the top of it, and literally just check, cross out the steps in the workflow as you have them, right? Yeah. It can be as simple as that. And that is enormously powerful. And one of the concerns that I've heard is, well, if if the workflow means that everything is going to be the same, mm-hmm. isn't coaching something that is bespoke? Isn't coaching something that is unique to the individual? Yeah, that's a big problem that you hear in all sorts of different things. You hear it in law, you hear it in doctors, you hear it in everything. I mean, let's be honest. You are a unique human being. You have a specific set of allergies and maladies and drugs that you're on, not illegal, obviously, Um, past medical history, right? You are completely, completely a, from a medical standpoint, you are unique. You're not going to be like anyone else. And if you had a heart doctor that said, yeah, you know, I don't really have a process. What I do is I just, I'm a doctor. I know how bodies work. So I just open you up and just, I figure it out as we go. Yeah. You going to do that? I would not say yes to that doctor. Right. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, it's very important to realize that just because yes, everyone is going to have a unique situation. That does not mean that you don't have that standardization of the process. Because just like the doctor example, when you have a standardization process, you know exactly what's going to happen when. Then it's more about customizing the steps to the individual, and it makes it easier to customize things to people because we can look at what our standard process is and say, okay, what do I need to add into here for this person? Or what should I ignore for this person? Mm -hmm. If you say my third meeting is going to go over all of their debt, do a calculation of their credit cards, everything else. And then you get to a person and they don't have any credit card debt. It's very easy. These three little check boxes on my list, I am not going to do. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't have any credit card debt. Wonderful. So, but we're going to f- spend more time on this and this. When you say, I'm just going to figure it out, then it's actually harder to customize because you say, well, I'm going to sit down with the person. We're going to start talking. Then I'll figure out what we're going to do next. Then what ends up happening is you end up with nothing to base customizations on. And so you end up with customizing it based on what they ended up talking about the most, not based on what is actually important. That's a very, very good and important point. Right. That you don't really realize until you've been coaching for a while. I, or I, I won't say for everyone, but that's my experience for sure. And others I've talked to. Yeah. And so that's why workflows are so important. Also from a client service standpoint is because it gives you this standard process that you go through that you then customize, right? You then make changes based on the individual, but you know, the changes that you're going to make because you know what aspects of the program are more relevant or less relevant or what aspects of the workflow are more relevant or less relevant. The other thing is a lot of people will say, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't account for variations. But workflows absolutely do, because that's the whole point of you have a decision point or you have a thing that says that if then statement, Mm -hmm. if this, you go down this path, 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 
And that is customization, right? Because you're taking people down a different set of paths depending on their personal situation. And I don't want to overwhelm people and feel like they have to have every single potential of the universe, right? All of those potential paths figured out ahead of time. But no, that's why you can just say, I'm going to make this adjustment. But if you start to have something show up over and over again, add a new path in, <laughs> right? So if this is the fourth time you've done the same customization for people, probably a good idea to add a new path in. Yep. Right? So it is something that evolves and, and can live over time. I will say the more work you spend up front, the easier your life will be. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And it's, it's something, again, I fell into that early on where I was like, well, I just, there are other things I could be spending my time on. There are other things that are more important in my head. And yet looking back the time I would have gotten back by establishing even just some super basic workflows uh, and standardizing some processes would have given me more time back because I wouldn't have been kind of working on a more like project basis, if you will. And one thing to add to that point of when you were talking about people's concern where creating a standard workflow would mean it's less customizable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of, if you think about it, even if you don't have any workflows or very many set, or you don't think you have set processes, you still in your mind are like, okay, we're going to talk about their budget, or we're going to talk about how to navigate credit card debt. We're going to, and as soon as you start putting any of those stakes in the ground of like, these are the things we're going to cover you're kind of creating pieces mm-hmm. of what a workflow would be or what a process would be for a client. So as soon as you say, I am going to do this and you aren't walking into the session completely blind, mm-hmm. you're already starting to create them, right? So it's to a degree. I'll take it maybe. a step further. I'll take yeah. it a step further. Hit me. Which is you already have workflows yeah. going on in your head. Okay. I'm betting that you have had the experience where you have been driving somewhere and it's the same freeway that you took to get to work or to school or whatever. And you find yourself getting off on the wrong street exit because it's your way to work, even though it's a Saturday, that is effectively a workflow happening in your head, (laughs) right? Our brains thinking is an enormously energy intensive process, right? It takes up an enormous amount of like literal caloric energy. And as a result of that, our brains want to conserve as much energy as possible. And so it, it works very hard to do a whole bunch of things. One of them being heuristics, which are like mental shortcuts. The problem is our brain is pretty stupid when it comes to heuristics. It looks for patterns and it blindly applies them, which is why you get off on the wrong street, on the wrong exit. And one of the things you have to realize is you have the, you're going to build these workflows in your head. They're not going to be very good. It's going to literally be the path of least energy resistance that your brain has. Okay. So they're going to suck. If you don't actually write out workflows on paper, you're going to have bad workflows in your head. So the only difference between You don't really ever not have workflows. You just have control over whether they're good or not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. Suzanne, or not Suzanne. Mm -hmm. Wow. Someone just called me and the name Suzanne popped up. I meant Julianne. Apologies. 
um, had a great statement where she was like, you know, my brain just doesn't work this way. It's hard to explain. She said she doesn't see the whole process with steps more of like, I'm more of a checklist person kind of broken into tasks. Mm -hmm. So saying that she doesn't necessarily see the partial steps, it's either done or not in my mind. And so she said, curious, how do I work with that? Think individual check boxes. Yeah, it's a great question. So first off, workflows are one of many tools for managing this stuff. Checklists are another tool. And it's important to realize that each tool, just like a hammer and a screwdriver, it's not one is better than the other, right? It's what are you trying to accomplish with it? Checklists are really good for a definitive thing where it is literally, these are the things that need to happen. And there isn't really a lot of variation So, for example, a great thing for a checklist would be you would have a workflow. In that workflow, you would say, here's a, this is going to be my second meeting. And in that second meeting, we're going to cover these four things. And those four things are your checklist. Right. So if you're like, okay, I'm going to walk through, we're going to talk about credit in the second meeting, and we're going to talk about how to access your credit report. And so like, here are the things that I make sure that I talk about and cover. Here's the checklist. Right. of the things to talk about. Okay. And that's seems like great minds think alike. Uh, Emily responded to Julianne saying, can you organize those tasks into related groups that become a step of workflow? Which is exactly. Emily <laughs> and I are mental buddies when it comes to workflows because she comes from a project management and a, a military background where like that was like big. So yeah, she, she and I are like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Julianne just, just added, you know, so create the workflows on major items and checklist kind of the smaller items or steps. Yeah. Or just think about how you take your checklist, like Emily said, and what are those bigger steps that those checklists fall into? And those bigger steps become your workflow. The checklists become the things that you do within that step of the workflow. Yep. You can kind of think of like when you're building a building, right? Your workflow is all of the big things you need to do. Your checklist is, well, the work, this workflow step is hooking up the kitchen appliances. So we've got a checklist for all the appliances, including things like making sure nothing's leaking, run all the appliances one time, right? That type of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it's much easier to think about workflows and checklists from the perspective of something physical. Hmm. Right. Workflows and checklists are oftentimes can get, can feel overwhelming when you think about them from the perspective of a mental operation, because we have nothing tangible that we can connect it to. Whereas if we think about it from the perspective of, I want to redo my bathroom. Okay, well, I'm going to need to, although technically that's a project and technically we do that in a different manner with milestones and tasks, but that's, that's a matter. Okay. But I'm going to need to do These big things, if we get this approval, if we get a sign off on this, on the electricity, we can move on to the plumbing from the sign off from the city. If not, then we have to go back to this step in the workflow. Within that, we would have a checklist of things to make sure that we're prepared to have the sign off from the city, right? So all the things we would want to do, test all the plugs, that can help us overcome mental blocks because us being able to visualize ourselves actually doing something actively 
is oftentimes an easy way to overcome those mental blocks that sometimes hold us back from implementing things like workflows or checklists. So let's, in the last couple of minutes, maybe mm-hmm. talk through an example of like a prospect workflow. So something yeah. that is directly financial coaching related. Sure. Um, to be able to give something, because I like those examples of things that we relate to kind of in the physical space. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want a coaching and sales example. <laughs> yeah. Put I like it, but I don't like it. Do this other thing. Saw through my passive aggressiveness, Josh. It's because we're business partners. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. You know me well enough. <laughs> so okay. yeah, let's talk about let's talk about a prospect to close workflow. Cool. Um, and say prospect to close, the while workflows are tied to processes, you want to have definitive beginnings and ends to workflows. Otherwise, they just become beasts. Right. So I have a prospect to close workflow. I then have a workflow which is Sign contract to sign contract to finalizing onboarding, right? So these workflows for these big milestones, and then there's the little milestones in between. And know that Josh is a workflow junkie, so don't feel that anything he shares with you has to be. It's overwhelming. It will scare you. You've been prepared. Yeah, no, I'm going to do it easy. I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to make it easy. Okay. okay. So a simple workflow might be something along the lines of. And let's even take a step back. This is not just random prospect. This is you've had your first meeting with them. So there might have been a workflow that led up to that first meeting as well. Such as they scheduled a call. They got sent maybe a pre-meeting questionnaire. They got some reminders ahead of time. And then you have a meeting. Someone mentioned or reached out, mentioned or commented on a post that you have on Facebook or reached out uh, on a blog based on a blog and said, Hey, I'm interested in this, right? So that someone has said, I'm interested in this topic. You know, you might have a workflow for how to nurture that to an actual meeting, right? Gotcha. Okay. We're going to say they've scheduled the meeting. You've had the meeting yeah. right after the meeting. So you might have a workflow that says, send a follow-up email. That workflow is, might be the next day. Then you have a workflow that says six days later, check, uh, see if they have actually contacted you. If not, send a follow-up email. Then you have another one that says four days later or five days later or nine days later, whatever the number is, check to see if they've started to work with you, (laughs) right? If they said yes. If not, send a second follow-up email. Then you might have a workflow that says three days. Still later, haven't heard from them. Say it was a pleasure talking to you. Right. You're now on my email list. I'm so, done. Right. Whatever. I'll see you around. Yeah. Okay. And so, so it's literally just these are the steps that I'm going to take every single time I have a prospect meeting to provide them with the with the information I want to provide them at the beginning to follow up with them the number of times that I want to follow up with them to say the things that I want to say in the follow up emails. And to say when it's no longer worth my time to continue following up. We're not saying that one, one email, two follow-up emails, and, it, and you're done, right? We're not saying that that's the right cadence. But that would be an example of a workflow. And those are the if-then statements. If they've said yes, then stop the workflow, right? Don't do anymore. 
and, and, and start, the... start the contract workflow, yeah. right? Yeah. If you haven't heard from them, then send the follow-up email and move on. You might have an if-then statement with three outcomes, right? So the third outcome might be they said no, <laughs> right? In which case, stop the workflow and don't move on to contract. You know, my workflows, some of the steps have two outcomes. Some of them have four outcomes. Sort of depends on the exact step, what exactly we might be doing. Cool. Some of them don't have any outcomes. When I send my first email, I'm always going to do the follow-up email after that. So there is no outcome to that. It's literally just I send it and then I do that next step X number of days later. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And it makes it nice because you don't have to keep all this stuff in your head. Like, oh, I think I followed up with that person four days ago. Oh man, now I have to kind of create a tailored email for them or I need to write an email for them. It's like, yeah. okay, this many days oh. later, this email goes out and you know, you if can approve it. If, right, good yeah. clarification, if that thing did or did not happen and you can in, in different programs, you know, uh, allow yourself to review that email before it comes out in case, or it goes out in case there are any particular tweaks that you want to make, or you can just have them go out automatically. And I will tell everyone right now, you will lose clients. You will lose sales opportunities if you do not have workflows. This is not a extreme statement. This is not me being bombastic, this like literally you will lose clients because you will have situations and anyone who's been doing coaching long enough or anything where you have a sales involved will tell you that they've done this, where you had a conversation with someone, you said, okay, great, wonderful. You felt good about it. You sent them the, the follow-up email. You then got distracted with life, went on vacation, did something else. And then two or three months later, you're going through your email inbox and you go, oh my God, I never followed up with this person. And so in three months, you're going to lose clients if you don't have processes and workflows because you just can't keep everything in your head. Remember, your brain is working against you. It wants to save energy. <laughs> and they don't have to be wildly complex to start. Hmm. Uh I mean, it can literally do those four things with those. If they say, yes, do this. If they say, no, do this. And you're done. Just map it out. Yeah. And, that's... and you can literally map it out on a piece of paper with a pen. Just put a box around each step with arrows going to each line as, the, as it builds out. I was going to say, I had one of those around my desk up until fairly recently. I wish I hadn't thrown it away. I could have just <laughs> held it up. Because here it is. Uh, yeah. It is that easy to do. Sometimes it's just nice to tactile start writing yeah. that version down and then it can be made prettier and put into a system later. Yeah. Now I will say in systems, oh my God, the opportunities open up and there are amazing things you can do. And it is like literally ridiculous, but you don't have to start there. <laughs> right. Correct. But the benefits like will continue to grow as you build things out more, but you'll get them just by literally just writing it down. Simple. You'll get, you'll start getting benefits, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of continue to grow, as we are looking to put together grow. <laughs> you like that tie-in? Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was an expert transition. Don't worry. I stretched before making that stretch. Or I warmed up before making that stretch. I think that's how my cute saying yeah. goes. Anyway, that's one of the things that we are going to include in grow is we're looking 
actually right now at different CRMs with their workflow capabilities and making it so that we They're have pre-built pre workflows <laughs> yeah. for yeah. coaches so that you don't have to build them all out. And that's, yeah, we're looking at how that can work, the pros and cons of different systems, all of that is stuff that I'm sure is not super exciting for you, but really with the goal of, you know, for grow, one of our main goals is to make sure that you can spend the most time on sales, on working with clients rather than working on the back end of your business. Yeah. And so there's always going to be a little bit or some that you're going to have to do, but so that we can make it as easy as possible so that you aren't building out the workflows. You aren't trying to figure out what steps should be in your pre discuss or pre consultation call workflow in your consultation call to closing workflow. So yeah, we're doing, doing some research now, which is great talking to some smart people to figure out what systems are going to be best to be able to put that together for people and grow. So yeah. people that geek out on workflows even more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I know they exist. It's wild. Yeah, they exist. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, also why this is a very timely conversation. Yeah. So any questions that y'all have about workflows, feel free and put them in the comments if we haven't touched on them yet. Uh, Julianne, thank you for yours. That was a great mm -hmm. one to dive into. And yeah. if you're watching the replay, then just go ahead and put them in the comments, tag Josh or I just so that we get notified and can see them. And we'll make sure to come in after the fact and answer them for you. Anything else before we jump that we haven't covered? Nah, feeling good about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you everyone for watching. Excited to see any questions that come out of this conversation around workflows. And we will be on next week, same time, same place. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.